Welcome back. It's time for the Right Hook Health Checkup. It is, of course, Dr. Kira Kelly, the wizard of County Wicklow. And uh, you can send your text to 53106, cost 30 cents. Uh, all the advice comes with a health warning, <laughs> except for mine, of course. Of course, George. A study by The Lancet presumably you're a subscriber, has claimed that we're living longer, but we're doing so with pain and depression. What genius thought that up? I bet he spent about, he got about 50,000 quid to do that research. So when you get older, you get pain. You you and I tend to be in agreement, George, on the fact that there are loads and loads of studies of the bleeding obvious as they say isn't that right um, yes we are living longer we know we're living far far longer if you go back to medieval times far we, too long well I, I wouldn't necessarily say that but we're certainly living far longer I mean we used to live till we were in our 30s in medieval times so, so we've, we've, we've more than doubled our life expectancy and it's true that older people do have health issues and a couple of them would be pain and also um, depression because we know that things like mood disorders increase with age because older people sometimes feel isolated and they also sometimes feel redundant. Because oh, you get depressed when you're in pain. Yeah. I can tell you. Yeah, no, chronic pain is very depressing. Chronic pain is the most depressing thing there is. So this genius in The Lancet discovered that old people suffer from pain. You, you are a very interesting person who is older, George, because you're still working in a way that most people aren't at your age. And I think it stands... But in pain. Well, in, in, in pain or otherwise, I think it stands to you hugely. No, no, I said a prayer to St. Anthony and St. Kira Kelly as I stood on the 10th tee on Saturday afternoon with pain in every part of my body. I think I can safely say that's the first time I've ever <laughs> been referred to as a and saint. My, my grandson said to me, Grandad, are you tired? Now, this is a really interesting thing. After colouring my hair for 30 years, so it's obviously a female, uh, she's now allergic to the stuff. And she's, she, she says, and other colours that cover grey, right? Yeah. Why doesn't she just go grey? I, I imagine because I think she's in her 50s and... But their grey is gorgeous. It is on some people. You're absolutely right. Uh, and, and I'm glad you said that because I have seen many, and I think it is becoming slightly more popular, many women who have kind of silvery grey hair and really nicely quaffed and everything. And they look absolutely stunning and beautiful and, and fabulous. Um, she's worried about the allergy she has and what she's using now doesn't cover her grey. It's true that a lot of the kind of more organic natural compounds don't give you full coverage. She can do strand tests, but there's no other magic way of her doing this. There's no other man- sort of magic way other than trial there, and error. There was a fellow in the back row in St Mary's called Ned Carmody years ago. He used to put boot polish on the, on the ball spot on the top of his head. I'm sure he... Got Maybe she should try boot polish. I'm sure he uh, got away with that very well, did yeah. he? But I tell you, you know you won Senator Catherine Zappone. I do. She's grey now. She is. And when she comes in to interview me, like, sparks fly from the microphone. Really? Yeah. I don't think you'd be her cup of tea. No, no. <laughs> no matter how hard I like the way you said when she comes in to interview you. That's a Freudian slip, George, because clearly you're actually supposed to be interviewing no. her. You cannot answer this next question, but I can. This is one for you, okay. Can you ask Kira about my 30-year-old fiancé? Uh-huh. He has fairly frequent erectile dysfunction and is a fairly uh, heavy smoker. I don't know when he's going to quit. Is there anything else that can be done in the meantime? The smoking isn't giving him erectile dysfunction. 
Okay, you 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 keep going, and then I'll I'll throw in my tuppence worth at the end of it. I think this is quite sad, right? I tell you why, because erectile dysfunction is now affecting people younger and younger, and it's a product of the way we live and so on. The matter have got a sex clinic, and I would recommend them to go there. You you may well be right um, about him needing to go for follow up. Um, men have always been affected by erectile dysfunction and the single biggest cause, and there's lots of different causes obviously, but the single biggest cause, George, is poor circulation. And in a very heavy smoker, I suspect that they are probably linked. He needs to stop smoking because I would imagine already his fiance is concerned about this in terms of their sex life and in terms of she's probably wondering about starting a family. Yeah. I'm sure he's concerned about this too. But he can't start taking Viagra at the age of 30 and keep going for 30 years on a pill that costs about 45 quid a throw. It's all right if you're going on a date with Pamela Anderson one night you can afford 45 quid. Will we not ever get basis. through a health check without Pamela Anderson being used <laughs> as the yardstick for people's lives? Um, he does need a bit of help but he needs to stop smoking. It's already affecting him. Let me tell you this. By the time smoking and circulation is affecting the penis it's also affecting the heart. It's also affecting the feet. It's affecting the eyes. It's affecting all the small but, vessels. But, oh, all right, okay. I bow to your superior knowledge. But at the same time Time, I never smoked. I haven't smoked cigarettes since I was thirteen. I was going to say, and then I thought I'm overstepping the boundary. George, you probably didn't have erectile dysfunction when you were thirty, though. No, that's true. Yeah, exactly. I can guarantee I didn't. <laughs> I don't really want to go there, but you know what I'm saying. This guy needs to stop smoking and needs to get some blood tests done to check his cholesterol, to check his diabetes function, all that kind of stuff. He needs to be tested for a few things, and he needs to be encouraged to prioritises health because it's already under pressure right. and he's only 30 years old. What's your opinion on laser eye surgery? I see it advertised all over the place and William is now asking about it. Laser eye surgery can be very, very good. And I think like everything else, you want to have it done in a very reputable place with a good surgeon. Laser eye surgery can be groundbreaking and life-changing. I have had laser eye surgery, George. My eyesight was... I was like a mole, you know, like a mole when they come out from underground and they're blinking and they can't see. I was as blind as a bat and I didn't even mind wearing glasses. It wasn't even that. It wasn't or because I used to wear contact lenses mostly. It was to do with the fact that I was so dependent on them. If I woke up and couldn't put my hand on glasses, I couldn't have seen my but way to the door of the bedroom. I, I was blind as a bat and it was causing me difficulties with driving and work and everything. But and laser eye surgery only works on certain conditions. Well, there's, there's a couple... It wouldn't have worked for me because There's I, a couple of different types. There's there's yeah. LASIK and LASIK, which is uh, splitting hairs, but there's different types of them and some of them are painful and some of them are painless and some of them have a little bit of risk and some of them have barely any risk at all. You need a really good surgeon and if this particular guy or girl wants to tweet me at Kira Kelly Doc, I'll tell them where I would go. I don't want to say it on the air because it's like we're advertising for somebody but I'll tell them where I got my own eyes done. At Kira Kelly? At Kira Kelly Doc. If they tweet me and send me a DM I'll tell them where I went who I was extremely happy with and uh, I've never looked back to make a pun but anyway there you go. What's lymphedema? Lymphedema is swelling in the tissues caused by poor lymphatic drainage and where you Well this person has it in both thighs. Yeah, I saw that and I'm wondering where they got the diagnosis of it. I mean not everybody would have heavy thighs for example would have lymphedema. But but let's take it that they do have lymphedema. What can you do for it? Um there is lymphatic massage people people get so you can go to a lymphatic massage therapist and basically what they do is if you could imagine George they massage your legs upwards 
to kind of push the fluid up out of your leg and back into your, your torso so that it can be you know drained away. So that's that's one thing you can do. Some people would wear the equivalent of, do you remember the surgical stocking you would have worn uh, after you had the varicose vein operation? Yeah. That kind of thing. So very, very strong surgical stocking. But stockings. if that's up around your thighs, it's quite uncomfortable. Oh, it is uncomfortable. But lymphedema is uncomfortable too. You would mm. often see lymphedema after somebody who has a mastectomy because they would have the lymph vessels removed from their armpit so they no longer can drain lymph properly in their arm and what would happen is you'd see somebody after a mastectomy would have one swollen arm and they would often wear something to compress that arm and they would get lymphatic massage as well but there isn't a huge amount you can do That's for it That's interesting now, I met somebody with that kind of operation and sure enough they had a swollen. kind of a thing on their arm Yeah, yeah, yeah because they removed the lymphatic the sort of lymph nodes from the, from the armpit um, Massage, compression those are the things obviously drinking lots of fluids and all that kind of stuff is important to lots of lots of water to flush through your system, but it, there is a relatively limited uh, a benefit. That's pretty depressing. Can we get a few optimistic questions okay. for you? Have a cure. You are doing a health check. You do remember that what we're actually talking about here. Sick well, people. What about poor old Lynette? She gets lightheaded about a week after cycle ends. Well, I, on, on my word of honor, I'm not trying to be funny. I thought this was a bicycle question. And it, on, on my word of honour, I'm not trying to be funny. And then as I read it, I suddenly realised. So can I start again? Please do. I was going to give her a bit of advice about <laughs> bicycling. I get lightheaded about a week after cycle ends, which will last for about three or four days, but nothing shows in the bloods. I don't think anything's going to show in this woman's bloods. And I think... She is, this is something cyclical. This is something physiological probably rather than pathological. So, I mean, this is probably just a natural way that she is. Mm. There's probably one or two things happening. Either at that time she's ovulating and the, the kind of the hormonal surge associated with ovulation, because timing-wise I'm thinking it's that, is causing this to happen. Or potentially for whatever reason at that time of the month her blood pressure is dipping post menstruation or whatever so she's something cyclical is happening to either her, to her hormones or to her blood pressure and it's causing her to be a bit lightheaded there's probably not that much she can do and probably nothing that she should worry about if she's worrying about it but there may be very little that she can actually do about it is that, yeah. that's, that's not very optimistic no, that's either. That's quite a good answer because for a man who knows nothing about these kind of things, it, when a body, a female body, goes through this every 28 days or whatever yep. it is, there's bound to be some kind of reactions in different people. I know, they're totally, to they're totally are. I get it. And I have to say, I'm always quite impressed because you do read out quite a lot of stuff on the show about periods and about uteruses and everything <laughs> and you read them out as if... As if you can really empathise with the people. And I'm quite impressed by that, actually. Hmm. Hmm. Now, Stephen, he has a verruca on the ball of his foot for four years, okay. right? Egypt is my first reaction, right? It's painful to walk on. He's used every cream, every ointment, freeze treatment, hacked it, sliced it, grated it. <laughs> but it comes back. But you just go to an expert and he whips it off and lo and behold, no more Veruca. Well, yeah, you do, you do. And you can actually... Now, get, this is the occasion where you go to somebody who knows what they're doing. You can doing. get them cut out, but that's the most painful and, and, and traumatic way. You have to be persistent with Verucas. Veru any Veruca, even if you're engaged with a course of treatment, can take about three months yeah, to get rid of. They're terrible. So he has to do the pairing and the grating, and then he has to do the freezing, and then he has to do the kind of grating of the slough away again, and then he has to go back for the freezing again and you need to stick with it and he may need several, several treatments in a row but what people tend to do is this when they say that they can't get rid of their Veruca is 
they get a bit of a treatment then they kind of forget about it and it grows back and they go back for treatment again. You have to persist with regular treatment until it is completely gone, until you have normal skin back where Veruca was. And yeah, that, that can take I months. I thought you went to somebody to chop it off. Well, it's painful enough to do it that way. Is it? Yeah. All right, okay. Now, because like people who are in swimming pools, yep. all that kind of stuff get it. Yeah, it, you know. they do. Wetness, actually, yeah. the moisture and That's stuff right. spreads it. I think it, it uh, uh, Kira in Dublin is um, writing in, 29, female, well, most Kiras are. Uh, she started developing intermittent asymmetrical facial swelling. So different parts of her face would swell. That's the really interesting bit. She changed the detergent on her sheets to non-bio. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, problem solved. But now it's back. I think that she probably has, it's allergy, I'd be confident that the symptoms she's talking about, the facial swelling, the one eye swelling or both eyes swelling or her cheek swelling or whatever, this is an allergic reaction. It may well have been from the detergent on her pillow and that it may have calmed down because of that. But what's happened to this girl is, George, this is she's now sensitised. Her circulating histamine levels, you know, you take antihistamines to calm down allergy. Her circulating histamine levels are high at the moment because she's had a recent allergy and lots of things are setting them off. So what I often equate allergy a little bit like the embers in a fire. When the fire is completely gone out and it's stone cold, it's very hard to reignite a fire. But you know the way sometimes if you gave the grate a poke the morning after, it looks like it's gone out, but you could actually relight that fire without difficulty because mm. there's red embers still there. That's the kind of thing that you're talking right. about with allergies. She's sensitised at the moment. She should go on antihistamines one a day over the counter for about a month and it should knock it all on the head. All right, okay. I never poked grapes or did anything. No. I, I, no, I never You're did. like little Lord Fauntleroy, do you know <laughs> yeah, that? I never did any of you that You don't put out stuff. the bins. You never poked no, the grapes. No, I never did any of that if kind of If Ingrid stuff. ever leaves you, you will be completely helpless. Well, I got a text from her on Friday saying... Currently putting out the green, brown and black bins, which most husbands are doing in the park. There you are. Except me. Well, I'm hardly surprised at all. All right. Now, I have an issue with my hands. That has got worse when I pick something up, says the listener. By the way, it's the Right Hook Health Checkup. 53106, a text message will get you straight into the nerve centre of the Right Hook Medical Department where Kira Kelly slaves away <laughs> for enormous fee. I have an issue with my hands. It got worse when I pick something up. My hand sometimes clicks open and I get a pain down my wrist. Or when I'm holding something, I get pain in my lower palm. Something as simple as arthritis, no? Maybe, maybe not. This definitely needs to be checked, George, largely because your hands are so incredibly important. You're you're not suggesting that that he telephone for an ambulance immediately. No, I'm not. And get be taken in the middle of the night for an MRI scan. (laughs) I'm not suggesting that. But he could have arthritis or he could also have a thing called carpal tunnel syndrome or he could have some kind of a palsy or a weakness in his hand, some kind of peripheral neuropathy that could be to do with problems with his neck, that could be to do with problems with, with a trapped nerve somewhere, all sorts of things. He may need, in fact, nerve conduction studies to tell us what's going on. And there are hand specialists that would test his hands, have a look and see what's going on to the conduction of the nerves to the hand and see why this is happening but I do think your hands are so important to function to drive to eat to cook to clean to do anything that you might or to do or to chip and drive and all that well, or, or those other important things exactly <laughs> yeah. this needs to be checked and there okay. are there are 
easy sort of test that can be yeah. done, but he needs to be referred probably to uh, a hospital, to a hand kind of clinic to get this looked into. This is a normal and it needs to be sorted out. All right, what about a nagging pain at the base of the left rib cage, which this 40, mid-40s female has? I it comes in, comes off, don't goes away. I thought that was an interesting one because if you, if you read it, it says... I have a friend. If I read it, I've just read it. But it says I have a friend. But everybody says I have a friend, you know. Why do, like they, say it on, <laughs> why do they say it on the radio when they're anonymous? Yeah, but you know what I mean. You go you go to your lawyer and you say, I want some advice, not for, for a, myself, for a friend. <laughs> I can only imagine your poor lawyer. Yeah. Um, I don't know he what... He thinks I have terrible friends. <laughs> I say he does. I say he's telling you to keep bad company. Right. Um, I don't know what this is, but they, they're having pain and they're describing it in their left chest wall. I mean, that could be ribs, that could be muscle, but it could also be breast because it is a, a female and we don't really know what we're talking about here. And obviously on the right hook on the health check, we have the limitations that we can't examine yet. We can't see what you're talking about. So we're giving you always our best guess. So so don't, you know, hold it against us if we, if we get it wrong. But, you know, pain that doesn't res- sort of respond to anti-inflammatories or simple pain, uh, medication like paracetamol and is persistent probably needs to be checked. It may be something as simple as a pulled muscle and you can pull the little right. intercostal muscles between the ribs and it can be bloody sore. I, uh, it is an unbelievable pain. Yeah, really it bad. Is, yeah. It can nearly feel like your part of your chest Absolutely. wall has gone into spasm no, and it's extremely pain, yeah. painful. But but because it's a woman and because it is chest wall and it's anterior chest wall we're talking about yeah, as far okay. as I can tell, I also think we need to rule out nostalgia, which is breast pain because we don't want something okay. going on there that we don't right. know about. Take some anti-inflammatories. If it persists, go and get it checked. Uh, yeah, call for an ambulance in the middle of the night. Call, right? for, a, call for an urgent MRI. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I, I really feel sorry for this person. Chronic eczema since birth. Yeah. Now 25. Tried everything. No improvement. What he didn't say was... He's gone to see a dermatologist. Yeah, he didn't. And, and I was wondering, because he said he's tried everything. But sometimes it is about persistence and consistency with things like eczema. And you can treat eczema very effectively. And eczema should really probably never be uncontrollable. Um, there are things, Really? Yeah, really. You know, obviously there's a few things you need to do. You need to maybe avoid... Go certain, to a dermatologist. Well, but... Well, we could, we could Why tr- are you not refer? You're so fast to refer these people to your local GP. Why won't you refer them to a specialist? Because, well, publicly there's about a two-year waiting list for dermatologists and privately it's very expensive. About so 200 quid tr- I hear. Will we try I and... I was talking to one of cricket practice on Sunday morning. Will we try and give this man some advice ourselves, maybe? And then if that doesn't uh, work, he can go to a dermatologist. I would suggest, first of all, look at his uh, detergent, which we've already mentioned in the show, to make sure that it's one that isn't irritating him. If he's using bio, change to non-bio. Uh, or vice versa um, never use soap stop using soap if you're using soap never use shower gel never use anything like that to wash use something suitable like E45 body wash or Elav or Aveeno or one of those types of washes only moisturise every day every single day with a good suitable emollient that, that is suitable and may need to be quite strong and thick for somebody who has bad eczema Use steroids topically where you have to, but only sparingly and only when you have to. And if you're doing good maintenance, hopefully you won't have to. And then manage things like your sun exposure, because that can be a little bit helpful. Manage things like don't wear any perfumes, because that can irritate you. Look at your stress levels, because stress can can flare these things up. Yeah, I mean, but my father now, for the last 30 odd years of his life, had... You know, all the skin used to flake off and like in the morning he'd wake up and the whole bed would be covered in skin. 
But uh, would I be right in guessing because of the, a man of his generation, George, did he ever put a lick of moisturiser on himself? Well, it's interesting. I was 74 last week, didn't get a card. H- happy birthday. <laughs> didn't get a card. And I didn't use moisturiser until I was 70. And look at your, your lovely skin and now. The, no, but the, it's, I'm amazed. I think I was going to write to Mr. Nivea and say, you're fantastic. Uh, genuinely. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think we men, well, admittedly, I didn't uh, wear deodorant until I was about 25. Uh, you know, but our generation, compared to my son's generation, are very different in these matters. I suspect women of a certain generation in this country probably didn't wear deodorant either. I don't think people knew about such things at one point. But this guy needs when to... I was growing up, women didn't shave under their arms. When did they start shaving under their arms? I, I don't know. They've done it as long as I've I've been a woman. <laughs> Which has been all my life. Oh, really? <laughs> all right, what's peripheral neuropathy symptoms? 50, Peri- this guy is. Peripheral neuropathy means neurological symptoms, generally speaking, in, pain. Your, in your limbs. It can be pain. It can be a burning, oh. tingling, kind of searing, what we call an, an intractable yeah. pain. It can also be uh, pins and needles. It can be a numbness or a weakness or some kind of strange sensations. And people get peripheral neuropathies. You're usually talking about hands and feet or it may be further up your limbs and what as do well. You f- how do you find out? Because the listener says I had blood tests and nothing showed. Is, is a blood test show? Well, a blood test will show certain things, but there are lots and lots of causes of peripheral neuropathies. A blood test might show, for example, one of the causes, like a, a low B12 level will show up in a blood test and that could cause you a All peripheral right, neuropathy. Okay. But alcohol can cause a peripheral neuropathy. Diabetes can cause a but peripheral neuropathy. But you need neuropathy. somebody to tell you. Yes. And you you are refusing because there's a two-year wait on the, on the public system. I, take the fellow's 25. He's yeah. had eczema since birth. Yeah. If I could say to him now on the radio, listen. My pal I met at a cricket on Sunday morning, he used to charge 180, he's up to 200 now. Yeah, right? He's up to 200, but he's a dermatologist. And if you could spend 200 to be cured, would you not pay 200 quid after 25 years? I think you could. And but, I'm not selling. But can I be very honest with you? I think most GPs, and I know you say I'm all pro the GPs, I think most GPs would give dermatologists a run for the money in terms of eczema. There's things I can't treat, George, and I refer on, but mostly things like eczema we can manage. You don't need to spend 200 quid. You can spend 50 quid and be sorted out as well. How did you get from 65 to 50? You were 65 the last right, week. The right hook discount is alive and well. Yeah. Look, yeah, uh, the the guy with the neuropathy though. But the, I have sympathy for that guy. I I have a rash that I got in Haiti about five years ago. That sounds very bad, George. And you should I clarify. Cannot, I cannot get rid of it. And I went to the top dermatologist, female in the country, and she couldn't fix it. That again is about persistence. Well, I don't do anything. If it doesn't bother you, why bother? That's the thing. You don't do anything. So that's why you have the rash. All I could right. get rid of that rash. But the but guy with the neuropathy, there's loads of things that he needs to have checked to see why. Go to he, a doctor. A doctor and possibly a neurologist if there is no obvious cause. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, ring for uh, uh, an ambulance at midnight and tell him it's <laughs> urgent. It could be a heart attack. You heard, or... you heard it here first. <laughs> Catastrophes are us at the right hook. I'll never check. forget Chicago when I rang you. In the middle of the night you told me to get an ambulance. Can I point oh, out no. to our listeners you didn't ring me. You thought about ringing me <laughs> and now in your memory you actually rang me. Oh really? Is that it? All right. Okay. 
Well, my thanks to Kira Kelly. She'll be there back next Monday for another Right Hook Checkup. 53106 is the number for your text messages, i.e. your health queries. We're thinking of bringing a new system where you ask George or ask Kira, depending on the kind of answer you want. Uh, the production team was Joe Coffey, Emer O'Shea and Alex Russo. Your producer today was uh, Mark Simpson. Off the ball is next, but for me now, it's good night and goodbye.